This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz is here with me. We're going to be previewing Michigan's second straight road game, this time at Indiana. Tons of preview content over at the MichiganInsider.com, Michigan.247sports.com. Got my scouting report up, got the by the numbers. I'll have my keys to the game up uh, later today. Lots of stuff from myself, Alejandro, Steve, Sam, and Bryce. We are in full midseason form. We are we are primed for the for the home stretch of the season. But no, this this episode, we're gonna take a look at Keys to the game for Michigan, not just to win, because I I think Steve is on the same page as me that we expect this to be a fairly comfortable victory for the Wolverines, but also keeping an eye on next week. They have a top 10 matchup, presumably top 10 matchup against Penn State. And as much as Michigan State is struggling, you know, that's still a rivalry game uh, at, at the end of the month as well. So keeping an eye on maybe what Michigan needs to do to come away from this weekend in even better position to, you know, stay undefeated through October. But Steve, this Indiana team, they are, you were kind of asking me, like, are they, are they, are they bad? Are they bad, bad? And, and I think they're, they're pretty close to bad, bad. They're three and two, but that includes a controversial, you know, last minute ish victory over Illinois, where Illinois fumbled three times. There was, there was some controversy there that includes a win over Western Kentucky in overtime in which Indiana scored with 47 seconds left and got the two-point conversion to tie it. And then the last two weeks, I think the Hoosiers have started to look like what they'll probably look like the rest of the season. They lost 45-24 to Cincinnati on the road. They lost 35-21 to Nebraska. And I get Nebraska is a tough place to play, but Nebraska snapped a nine-game losing streak to FBS teams with a double-digit win over the Hoosiers. So particularly on defense i think indiana is is really struggling more than more than i think was fair to expect even um you know they weren't they weren't particularly good last season but that was injuries that was you know a a young team this this team was supposed to be a lot better defensively and steve my my first key i don't think it's it's that much of a mystery this is a game where i think michigan has an opportunity to really get comfortable throwing the ball this indiana pass defense outside the top 100 in every category you know even though they have Taiwan Mullen who you and I have talked about in the past this is someone that that we we used to be impressed by him Jalen Williams used to put up some really good numbers I mean these are two guys who have 43 combined pass breakups and 10 combined interceptions in their careers like these are these are players who used to be on like all those PFF top you know lowest completion percentage allowed or lowest passer rating allowed this year not, not so much Really, I mean, Cincinnati threw for 354 yards and four touchdowns. Nebraska uh, threw for, uh, I don't think it was 300, but it was like 250 and two touchdowns. I mean, this is this is a pass defense that's really susceptible. Just a lot of, lot of players getting lost in coverage, some penalties, uh, decent amount of missed tackles. 
and you know, we were talking in the recap episode against Iowa. If there's one part of Michigan's offense that we haven't seen in the last two weeks, it's really that deep passing game. You know, those shots, 15, 20, 25 yards downfield. I don't know if Michigan wants to do this, but knowing that Indiana is at least better stopping the run, they have some very good linebackers who stop the run. Well, uh, their, their statistics suggest they can stop the run. Even, even Illinois had to, to work hard to run the ball against the Hoosiers, but knowing how susceptible they are in pass coverage to me, if I'm Michigan's coaches, this is a game where I'm implementing some of those deep passes, some of those, those posts, those go routes, uh, you know, getting Andrell Anthony, I think, is someone who could really have a big game in this in this matchup. Cornelius Johnson, he's had two great games against Indiana the past two years. Uh, so this is an opportunity, I think, to, to get him a little bit more involved in the passing game because ultimately you have a, a quarterback in J.J. McCarthy who he played a lot last season. He did not play against Ohio State. And I, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think he played against Penn State. If he did, it was barely. And so, you know, getting him at full confidence, getting him at full comfort level, because I don't think he's unconfident, but getting him those reps of those deep ball passing opportunities. Uh, to me, that's, that's how Michigan can win the weekend, regardless of the score. I think this is an opportunity to improve yourself as a team by getting some of those game reps against a pass defense that so far hasn't really stopped anybody. They're, they're better than the Yukons and the Hawaii's and the, the Colorado States, but at the same time, they're not much better. Uh, so this is an opportunity for me. I, I, you know, a number I'm kind of keeping an eye on is, is this the game where Michigan throws for 300 yards? Because they can, and I think ultimately knowing how Penn State is built defensively, you probably do want to go into that matchup feeling as good as you have all season about your passing game. Steve, what's a, what's a big key in your mind heading into this matchup for, for Michigan's offense? Uh, that'd be my approach. I think that's it's clear, uh, like you said, based on the way Indiana's defense has performed this year. I think what we'll know after this game is if Michigan is the type of team to do to make a concerted effort to work both sides of the ball, or if they're just going to kind of keep doing what works. Uh, I know Indiana's run defense better than their past defense, but I, I don't think Michigan would have a ton of difficulty if running the football. If they wanted to go run right? first, I would still expect them to win. Yeah. Right, um, and probably handily still. But, yeah, I mean, you know, that's I, – I approach it the same way you do. I think it, I look at it as an opportunity, yeah, to, to get the other side of the unit uh, a little more fine-tuned before their biggest game of the season. So I would – you know, again, that's I would think that's where they're going to go with it. Uh, just because I, I got to suspect, it, you know, is Indiana going to be foolish enough to play the pass? I, like, I just don't see, like, you know, that's where Michigan running, that's where why running the ball so effectively can open everything else up for you because, you know, what do you, how do you kind of go about it if you're Indiana? Do you, do you play up and try to stop Michigan in the run game and hope that your poor pass defense can slow those athletes down or or do you, do you play a little more conservatively, drop some linebackers back and hope they kind of play into your hands, right? So that's what I do if I was Michigan. I always I'm always fascinated by these types of games for that simple reason because sometimes I just get the impression that they just like to kind of keep doing what works and they don't necessarily 
tune their game plan around the strengths and weaknesses of these types of opponents anyway. You know, these the, these teams that Michigan should beat regardless of how they approach it. So, you know, it's what yeah, it's one of those things where you you you'd think that JJ McCarthy with with his accuracy so far he is the nation's most accurate passer i want to say right for for those that qualify yeah, for for yeah the qualified or and, however many attempts right. and i know he's i know he's missed on some deep balls but but he's still been very accurate overall uh probably could throw for 300 yards in this game if they wanted him to but for some reason i feel like you know we could sit down to record on saturday night or sunday morning and, and blake Corum will have had another huge game uh because michigan just decided to run the ball down their throats so uh, that's, I think, the, I think it, to me, that's the most interesting storyline heading into this game is, is what, what will Michigan try to do offensively? Yeah. And for what it's worth, Chase Brown, Illinois nation leading rusher, he had 196 rushing yards against Indiana. So it's not like this is a true tale of two defenses where they're amazing against the run. It's, it's, they're just better against the run. They have, you know, Cam Jones. Leads power five defenders with 21 run stops. Uh, one of his linebacker teammates is eighth. So, you know, they, they stuff the run a little bit better. It's just that their pass defense has been so brutal. I think I 953 passing yards allowed and 10 touchdowns in the last three games. So there's a, there's an opportunity there. And, and, you know, I also just think the chemistry with the receivers is something that's important to establish. You know, Andrell Anthony has not been involved as much as anyone expected him to be this season. And, and I don't think that it has been something that has hurt Michigan, but I do think when you're going up against Penn state, you know, you, you want one, you want Penn state to be like, Oh, we got to watch out for Andrell Anthony. Cause he just had a big game against Indiana. But then you also want, you know, JJ McCarthy and Andrell Anthony to be like, Hey, what we just did against Indiana, we're going to bring that against Penn, Penn State too. So it feels like a good opportunity for him. I also, you know, in terms of the run game, it's it's hard. I get, I sympathize with Michigan because it's hard to bench Blake Corum. It's hard to take away from his carries when he's being as effective as he is being. But I do feel like this is a game where it would behoove Michigan to get Donovan Edwards he played 18 snaps last week. Is this a game where they can get him even more involved, especially in the run game? I mean, he certainly can be very effective in the pass game too, but is this an opportunity for Michigan to, to give Corum a little bit of a break heading into next week, but also make sure that you have a true running back rotation where the, 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 the moment or the light isn't getting too big for Edwards or even CJ Stokes. I know he's not going to be, getting starter level snaps, but I would assume that he will be asked to take on some carries later on this season. You know, he's missed the missed essentially missed two games because of his fumble against Maryland. Is this a, this an opportunity to get him reinvolved? So Steve, what, one quick question about the the rushing offense, because I'm with you. I think they could be successful being run first. Do you think there's value in making sure this isn't a third straight game where quorum is taking on, I think he had 29 carries last week and 30 the the week before. Is this a situation where maybe you keep him in the 15 to 20 range and certainly don't want him to, I mean, you know, get him his reps, but at the same time, make sure, do your best or do your part to make sure that he isn't sore Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, the following week. 
Again, yeah, I think that should be the approach. You know, you <clears throat> just for the simple fact, I guess if, if you're Michigan, you, you have to think that you, you don't need Blake Holm to run the ball 25, 30 times to beat Indiana, right? You shouldn't, you shouldn't need that. Uh, a little bit different than the last two weeks. You know, Maryland looks followed up their game, beat Michigan State pretty easily. Uh, Iowa's got a great front seven, good defense overall. So those are, you know, feel a little bit different than this week does. So, yeah, I mean, I agree that, yeah. I mean, I guess my approach is, yeah, try to get the ball into some other guys' hands to give Penn State, Michigan State, other teams, like, as much to think about as possible. Uh, you know, the, the Jim AJ, Harbaugh quote is, I like to make our opponents believe all things are possible. Right. So this would be a, this would be a great opportunity. I get AJ handing the ball on offense a little bit more. That's one wrinkle that we have not seen much of at all. Right. I mean, and he was what he had the most targets of any receiver in the spring game, which I know that's not always, that doesn't obviously doesn't translate all the time. If, if, if often, but I think we still thought he'd be more of a factor for them offensively, especially with Mike Sainer still moving over to uh, defensive back. So, yeah, I mean, those are, those are the types of wrinkles that you, I think if you're watching the game on Saturday, I think you'd like to see Michigan exploit. And I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm all aboard on the, on getting Andrew Anthony the ball a little bit more. I, I still think he is that guy that could be, a total game breaker. I just don't think they've thrown in the ball as often yet. Um, but again, that's, you know, we talk about how deep the room is. He's still only a sophomore. Um, you know, yeah, maybe Saturday's the opportunity, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. So yeah, Harbaugh plays right into Harbaugh's mantra then. It's just, will they, will we actually see it, you know, early, late or whatever, you know, but yeah, you got to keep quorum fresh I don't care if he gets better as the game goes on or whatever I think that was another thing Harbaugh said on Monday uh, you still have to keep a kid fresh for the stretch for the home stretch of the season I mean Michigan's a team with big goals this year you don't want your best offensive player uh, banged up going into your biggest game of the year exactly and, and 30 carries I mean I know in the even two decades ago that was not a ton or not an unreasonable amount for running back that's a lot for college running back these days. And, and he, he can handle it. I don't think that's the question. But if he does it week after week after week, is he going into that Ohio State game, for example, sore, tired, injured? Michigan has to I, – I think they can be ambitious. I think they can approach it like they're going to play 13, 14 games this season. I don't know that they will, but, boy, the, the way the rest of their schedule is looking other than Penn State and Ohio State, I think it's, it's very – plausible that they go into that Ohio State matchup with everything on the table so anyway let's knock out some of these offensive over-unders they're provided by our good friend Neil or uh, via Zool 97 on our message board so first one Michigan running backs average 5.3 yards per carry so I first I saw 5.3 and I was I was a little hesitant because Indiana as much as they struggle they they are pretty good at forcing tackles for loss forcing sacks um so I wondered if they would get it. But if it's just the running backs, I feel like this is a pretty safe over in my mind. I mean, it'd have to be a weird situation where they, you know, are doing a bunch of one-yard touchdown runs again that, that brings down the yards per carry. But but I'm going to take the over on this one. Your thoughts? I'm going to take the over as well. Sorry, I was muted there. Um, 
same logic too, as long as it's, yeah, if it's not quarterback involved and it's just the running backs, like you said, I think Indiana's run defense better than their pass defense, but man, Michigan, the more you watch last week, just Michigan looked really, really good up front. I almost think Michigan's performance up front last Saturday, I think in a way almost kind of downplayed how good Iowa is up front. I mean, Michigan pretty much had their way with Iowa, uh, a team that had a lot of motivation to come in and, and, and try to, you know, instill their will at home after what happened in the, in the Big Ten championship game last year. So uh, kind of one of those deals where I think Michigan's offensive line is starting to trend up. And uh, yeah, I think they're going to keep creating holes for their running backs. Yep. Next one, 2.5 more receptions by wide receivers than running backs and tight ends combined. So for example, if Michigan's receivers had 10 receptions and the tight ends and running backs combined for seven receptions, that would be an over. I think I'm going to take the under, and that's not necessarily a, a comment on Michigan's game plan. I just think Luke Schoonmaker is really having a moment right now. He has 11 catches in the last two games. I did the math. It's more than 30% of his career catches and yards have come in the last two games. And this was someone that, you know, we predicted would be on an NFL roster a year from now. You know, this wasn't somebody who hasn't played before. I mean, he's just been that effective the last two weeks. For the downside of Eric Allmiss in the last two weeks, Schoonmaker's making the most of his opportunity and and really playing himself into, into looking like one of the top tight ends in the Big Ten, as as Jim Harbaugh predicted back in April. So, I'm going to take the under on this one. I think between Edwards, Corum, Schoonmaker, Bredesen, does Loveland get involved, Hibner? I mean, I just I just feel like this is potentially a game where the tight ends and the running backs get a little bit more involved in the passing game. What say you on this 2.5 over under? You said under? I did. Okay. I'm going to say over. I think Michigan feeds the ball to their receivers a little bit more on Saturday, which, yeah, by the way, Schoonmaker, we should be patting ourselves on the back a little bit on that one. I mean, that that's a guy like, I think, yeah, if, if, if not for Eric all being on the roster, he's a guy that would have been getting a ton more hype headed into the year. And he's taken advantage of, you know, not an opportunity he probably truly wanted from a team standpoint, but you know, if you're given the opportunity, you want to try to take advantage of it. He has, uh, but I do think Saturday, yeah, I'm, I'm ex- I am leaning towards Michigan throwing the ball all over the field a little bit more uh, for kind of the same reasons that we've discussed. So uh, I'm going to go with the over. Yeah, we, we can tout ourselves a little bit. My, my bold prediction, I did a tight ends. I did it on the podcast. I also did a written tight ends preview. I said both Eric All and Luke Schoonmaker would be on NFL rosters next fall. Now, there's a long way to go. That I should have done an in-season prediction. Uh, and obviously... We don't know what Eric Alls, you know, he technically would have a year of eligibility left, but feeling good about the Schoonmaker praise that comes with that, with that prediction. All right, last one, 0.5 Michigan players with 99.5 yards from scrimmage by halftime. So I guess this is a double over under technically, but let's say does, does one Michigan player get 100 yards from scrimmage, so not return yards, 100 yards before halftime. I'm going to take the under. I, I feel like we just listed like nine different players who could, quote, have a big game. 
My guess is that Michigan will spread the ball around a little bit. And I think someone might get over 100 yards in the game. But in a half, that suggests two or three big plays. And and Indiana, you know, if, if, if Michigan came in and said, Cornelius Johnson, you're going to have, you know, se- you know, seven or eight targets in the first half, then yeah, they'd get to, he'd probably get to 100 yards. But I'm going to take the under on this one. I think it ends up being a little bit more balanced of an offensive effort. Your thoughts? Does someone come out and have a, have a tremendous first half with 100 yards? Uh, I got to go with the under. That's a pretty high, like, that's a pretty high number, right? I mean, that you're talking probably a big play of 65 plus. Then, you know, a few more, like, if we're talking receiver, running back, whatever, uh, I think that's too much for one half. Uh, you know, that's one of the strengths of McCarthy so far is that he he has spread the ball out, right? I mean, not a guy that has really necessarily, outside of Schoonmaker looking like your classic Michigan tight end sort of safety valve, uh, not, a, not a situation where he seems to be keying in on, on one receiver. So, and as deep as Michigan is there, you know, I would suspect, yeah, that, you know, second, third progression, is always going to be an option. So I think throughout it, through two quarters, hard to see one guy eclipsing 100. I agree. Probably somebody will have over 100 throughout a four quarter game, but I don't know. It'd be, that one feels like kind of easy to me. Well, we'll take the easy ones when we can get them because uh, so far this season, we're at about 50%. Uh, he's over unders. We're both at 19 out of 39. So he does a good job picking ones that are hard to, hard to predict before the game. Anyway, we're going to hit a quick break. On the other side, we'll talk about the defense and make our final predictions for this game. This is the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, and we're back. Thanks for waiting. So, Steve, the key for the defense, there's, there's actually a couple more because Indiana, they haven't lost games because of their offense as much as it has been their defense. They, their offense, I don't think it's what it was a couple years ago. You know, when they were nine, I think they were nine and four one year and then, what, seven and two the next year. I don't think it's that high powered or that, that NFL caliber, but they have a lot of former four-star recruits either through the transfer portal or through recruiting on their roster. And the one thing that stands out to me is they play really fast. Uh, Chris Tummer, who does a nice job, you know, covering kind of the national side of things on our, on our site does a plays per minute Google doc and Indiana's first in the country in plays per minute, 3.21. The next fastest or most plays per minute of any of Michigan's opponents this season 
is 2.53 and that's Michigan state. I mean, Indiana, they, they're probably the only like true tempo team in the big 10. And my suspicion is they're looking at Michigan's defensive stats and snap counts and seeing how much things have rotated. And they're kind of licking their chops. Like let's try this tempo. Let's try to get some guys stuck on the field. Let's not let Michigan match personnel or get in their specialists on third downs or get in, you know, they're run stopping guys. Like let's, let's really try to keep substitutions tight and work quickly. And so for me, the, the biggest key I think is Michigan just getting its rotations down, understanding, you know, because what we saw against Iowa, there was that one sneaky thing. They've done it two weeks in a row now where when they see an offensive player substitute, you can see all the coaches signal and they say, you know, take your time getting off the field. Cause if the offense substitutes and the defense has to get a chance to substitute before the ball can be snapped. And so, yeah, it's interesting. Michigan's almost like watching that as an opportunity to really slow and mess with the other offense. And I think I know, I know Iowa had to call a timeout and I think Maryland did as well because the play clock is ticking and there isn't like some you know rule, like you have to get it off at a certain time. Like, so Michigan, Random tangent, but but something interesting about it. That might be one way they try to slow Indiana down. But my suspicion is the Hoosiers are going to try to hurry Michigan's defense up, try to catch them with bad personnel or bad bad matchups here and there. So for me, I think the uh, the biggest key for Michigan's defense is just getting the the rotations down and not just just not getting caught up in the mess of like Indiana wants this to be a messy game. They they're I think top four or five in the country in drawing penalties. You know, they, they definitely draw a lot of pass interference penalties and holding penalties. So they play fast. They'll turn the ball over a little bit, but they also, you know, play really aggressively. So I think getting your rotations down and not getting caught up in the mess is probably the biggest key in my mind for Michigan's defense. What's your biggest key for this Michigan defense? I mean, if they're the fastest team in the country, tempo wise, then it's gotta be how they adapt to tempo. I mean, did tempo not hurt Michigan more than any maybe single approach? Michigan would have been undefeated last year if they knew how to play tempo, if they had, if they had played tempo effectively. I mean, that's the only reason Michigan State scored, what, three of their touchdowns? Two for sure last year. So uh, always nice to kind of have that test. You know, we'll maybe see how Jesse Minter handle, handles tempo compared to Mike McDonald. Uh, but, you know, I'm wondering, will Michigan go with some different personnel groups? Got to think they might. Because, yeah, like you said, unless Indiana's subbing, and if, if you know, got to think Indiana's watching Michigan's film. They're seeing what Michigan's doing. So Indiana's probably going to make a concerted effort to keep the same unit on the field to see how Michigan can handle continued tempo. Not as if Iowa, for sure, is not a team that plays fast. Maryland a little, Maryland probably more so in the middle, probably closer to Indiana. But, uh, you know, I'm interested to see where the personnel is for this game. Uh, you know, who do you put on the edge? How do you, what do you do at linebacker? You know, do you, do you give a kid like Rolder a little more run versus some other guys? So I, I don't like, I, I think it's really a more about just how Michigan handles it in general. And, and if that we see a different base personnel group because I got to think Indiana knows what have seen what Michigan has done with the substitution situation. So another kind of 
in a way, both sides of the ball will be fascinating for Michigan in a totally different way. I think this is a game we could learn a few things about Michigan we haven't seen yet. Yeah, I think that's very possible. Uh, the other key, uh, Indiana, partly because they play so many plays, but they lead the country in pass attempts, 249. I mean, that's, that's almost 50 a game. They're going to throw the ball a lot. And, and one thing that's interesting to me is their running backs almost have more, almost have as many receiving yards as they have rushing yards. I mean, this is a, this is a running back room. They're only averaging 105 rushing yards per game. And but yet the both of their running backs, I think, are really capable in the passing game. Uh, they don't have a Peyton Hendershot star tight end, but but AJ Barner uh, leads the team in, in routes run. You know, he's someone that's that's consistently there. So I think this will be one more test or one more opportunity before Penn State for Michigan to improve on its coverage in the middle of the field, improve its its linebacker coverage, maybe its its nickel coverage. I don't know how healthy Indiana's wide receivers are going to be because I know their top two receivers were out last week, but they're going to pass a lot. I think it's a good chance for coverage. I also think it's a good chance for Michigan's pass rush to really get aggressive and ultimately see what they have because the past two weeks, it's been kind of the same story, not nearly enough pressure in the first half. And then in the second half, when it became a pass heavy offense, both Maryland and Iowa, that's when you started to see guys like Yabi Oki, Mike Morris have some success. Is this a game where they can maybe have success start to finish? Maybe, maybe making Penn State, you know, gulp a little bit because they're on the bye week. They're just going to be watching this game. So for me, I think I think more coverage reps, especially in the middle of the field, kind of between the numbers. And then I think more pass rushing reps for the guys who are emerging and showing you what they need to show you. I think, I don't know if there's a cool key, like they have to do this or else, but, but at the same time, I think that's something that I'll be watching to see who steps up with more pass rushing reps and more coverage reps. And does anyone really continue to blossom? Like I think a Yabioki, that was the perfect scenario for Michigan last week for him to start to ascend, you know, cause that puts everyone else on notice that gives him confidence going into the stretch run of the season. Um, it also gives Michigan more ways they can be successful with the pass rush up front. So I'm trying to, I, not a key, but I am curious to see who steps up. Steve, any additional thoughts on, on what Michigan's defense is going to face in this matchup? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> Indiana gives up, or I think it was around two and a half sacks a game. I think I just looked that up. Um, Oki last week, that sort of reminded me of, of Josh Uche against Northwestern a few okay, years ago. I like that comparison. I see what you're saying there. Right. Coming in and sort of almost like the almost playing like a Mariano Rivera, like closing, like closing it out uh, type game with, with a a trio of really impressive pass rush reps. Uh, He's going to, you know, his snap count is going to continue to go up. I I think, and and given, I think the recipe is there for him to have a, a potentially a sort of a real breakout game. I think most of us that watch Michigan week in and week out, we kind of look at uh, last week as sort of a breakout for him, but I think maybe more will be, he'll even be more talked about uh, after this Saturday. So, and yeah, I mean, again, I think, you know, looking into this week and next week, it's just, you know, it Michigan's linebackers diagnosing and playing coverage properly 
you just you, you mentioned Indiana liking to get the ball to their running backs. Penn State has good tight ends like they always do. They also have two really good running backs. I mean, these teams are going to put pressure on Michigan at the linebacker spot and the safety spot. And I think so far the reviews, at least from a coverage standpoint, have been kind of mixed. So that'll be one area to watch for sure. But, yeah, I mean, I think at the same time, that's what having a great pass rush can uh, can sort of negate that a little bit so you know could be a situation yeah Michigan gets enough pressure where it doesn't become a major factor but if if Michigan isn't getting home as much as they'd like to you still want to see Colson Barrett more Moten you know kind of stepping up and and maybe playing a little bit more consistently than they have so far yeah I I think it's very important because I think Penn State is is a team and you throw in the slot receivers in this conversation as well with Parker Washington. I mean, that Penn, that's what Penn state wants to see Saturdays. They want to see more continued slippage, I guess, in coverage on, on some of the stuff over the middle field, the recognition, but also just like general coverage technique, I think is something that could be improved. So got to think that's something Penn state's going to try to exploit uh, along with pretty much every team on Michigan schedule until they really shut it down. Let's get to some of these over-unders, some of these prop bets on the defensive side of things. So let, let's start with this one. Indiana's quarterbacks have 0.5 more passing touchdowns than interceptions. So far this season, Basilak, I think that's how you say his name, Missouri transfer, he's the only guy that's attempted a pass for Indiana so far this season. Eight touchdowns, five interceptions. That has not, the numbers aren't quite as pretty against power five teams. So I'm actually going to say under it's a little bit of a risk because if he throws two touchdowns and Michigan gets one interception, that's technically an over. I just think with how much Indiana passes and, and, you know, knowing what Michigan's capable of in coverage, I think they get two picks. I think get two picks and I don't think they give up three passing touchdowns. This is probably one of my riskier ones. Usually I try to like stick with what the numbers suggest but call it a hunch. I think Michigan forces a couple turnovers in this game. I'm taking the under. What do you think? Uh, I was going to take the under, but I'll take the over just for the sake of us needing to. Yeah. Fade fade my picks and and you might be all right. Yeah, no. Well, you've had a nice, slow, gradual comeback so far this season. So yeah, I'll take the over just because yeah, interceptions are tough to predict. But like this one could easily be the under if Michigan's getting home. I mean, and, and they very well could, right? So this will be one to watch during the game. All right, next one: Michigan generates pressure on thirty nine point five percent of Indiana dropbacks. So we're just talking about the opportunity Michigan's going to have in the in the pass rush. I assume this will be scored by pro football focus. I, I know I post the, the numbers and the snap counts and, and all the key stats over on our, on our site at Sunday morning. So 40%, I think so far this season, Indiana's allowing it on 35%. And by the way, their passing game is terrible when, when they allow pressure. I mean, Basilak, he, he, his passer rating drops from 130 to like 53 or passer efficiency rating, I should say. Uh, um, they do not complete passes under pressure. So this is actually a pretty pretty su- significant number to keep in mind. So 40%, uh, that's, a t- that's a high over-under. I mean, that's just, 
that's like predicting a quarterback to complete 75% of their passes. I feel like, like it'd be a very good game. And I think the, the opportunity is there. It's just a high number. I'm going to take the under on this one. What say you 39%, 39 39.5% pressure rate on Indiana's dropbacks. I got to go under. I I know they're allowing a lot of sacks, but that, that is a, that's almost every other dropback. I mean, that's too much. I don't know what, what is the, what's the threshold for pressure? Indiana's allowing 35 this year, but I would say a more common number, like a standard pressure rate is kind of in the 20 to 30% range. Right. But what constitutes a pressure compared to a not pressure? What is the, what is the threshold that puts a one in the pressure category? Right. I mean, it's, it's (laughs) gotta be a, it's pretty flexible, isn't it? So pro football focus, this is their number. Like these are their stats. So that's part of it. So I think they have, they have what's called sacks, they have hits, and then they have hurries. So their definition of hurry, I think is a little bit more consistent than like, what you see in the official box score. Okay. But I don't think it's, I mean, we are, yeah, this is, this is going to be based on their determination. So there's a little subjectivity there, right. but generally wow. was the past still, still going under. Sorry, yeah. Was ahead. the past rushed or altered because of the pressure? I think yeah. is generally I mean, what the, yeah. You could just have a happy, you could just have happy feet back there. And it like, and then the pressure number would be like 60%. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll take under that's just, 40% is way too high to right, predict. Last, oh, it's okay. possible, but not oh. something I feel comfortable. Right, right. It's totally Yeah, possible. it's definitely possible. Just, just not, you know, not a predictable. Yeah. I know Michigan did it against Colorado State. I don't know if they've done it since. I'd have to double check. Anyway, last number we're going to talk about on the podcast. We'll have a story for our subscribers where we go over all of these. Indiana has... 3.5 trips to the red zone. So they get to the red zone four times. The The number of plays that they run makes me wonder, but I'm going to take the under on a 3.5. They have a great kicker, by the way. They're, they're kind of like Maryland, where if they're within the 40-yard line, they're comfortable settling for a field goal. Um, we'll see how the game goes in terms of are they down by too much to attempt a field goal, but I'm going to take the under. I, I do think Michigan's defense has a nice game in this this game just because Indiana's offense is so one-dimensional. They have essentially nothing in the run game. And so I think Michigan's going to be able to have some success. I'm going to take the under. There is a possibility, though, with the way they pass. You know, Do they connect on a couple big passes or force a couple missed tackles in coverage and just get to the red zone, even if they don't score? But I'm going to take the under on 3.5. Steve, how about you? I'm going to go with the under as well. I just, yeah, Michigan, it, this really, to me, kind of comes down to, yeah, missed, uh, just Michigan's quality of tackling, right? Because I think Indiana will probably, they're going to complete some passes, but they're they're not going to have enough time to throw it way down the field very often. It's going to be a lot of, you know, Indiana's always kind of been a dink and dunk sort of team outside of the one, the couple of years they had a really good passing attack. But, uh, you know, I just think Michigan too good up front, to give Indiana a ton of time to comfortably receive the ball and, you know, maybe get past that first defender. I think Michigan will tackle well across the board and and it'll just be too hard to sustain. You know, the other thing I always think about when you talk about red zone trips, uh, Michigan almost always wins the special teams battle too. 
which is a field can be a field position thing. So I think Michigan with that in their back pocket, you know, it just, it becomes harder and harder to sustain even 60 yards, let's say to get into the red zone in the first place. So uh, I'll go with the under on that one. To your point about the dink and dunk, 73% of their completions this season have been 10 yards or fewer downfield. So it's 94 versus 36 and they played an FCS team. So I don't, I don't know exactly how the splits vary, but, but it's not the deep ball passing is just not a part of Indiana's game. I, I think Basilek, I think he has an accurate arm. I don't think he has one of those makes every throw on the field kind of arms. So you bring up a good point that, you know, if they're starting at their 20, for example, I mean, they have to go 60 yards just to get, get just to get to the red zone. So do they do that four times taking the under? All right, Steve, your final thoughts on this matchup and your score prediction for Saturday. Uh, we've, we've broken it down pretty heavily. I, I mean, I think Michigan wins comfortably here. Uh, it's just a matter of, to me, what will be more interesting is how they do it, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. So um, I'm going to say Michigan 43, Indiana 12. Okay, once again, going with the very unique scoring numbers i'm trying to trying to figure out the 43 if it's not a two-point conversion it's it gets complicated quickly yeah going for going for a scoregami yeah successful (laughs) scoregami prediction boy boy yeah you would never let anyone hear the end of it if you can you but can you like hold on though about scoregami i could not believe the lions game yeah i would have thought there'd been a 48 to 45 game at some point in nfl history wouldn't you I, yeah, it surprised me. Then I then I thought, and I'm like, you know, the NFL just doesn't get that high scoring. True, that's true. I, you yeah. know, it's just it's that one I just mean, kind I, of it surprised yeah. me a little. No, I bit. agree because like, like those are those are very attainable numbers. Yes, they're not. Yes, I just thought that was bizarre. But anyway, yeah, great line <laughs> stuff going on there. So. <laughs> All right. Anyway, in terms of this game, I'm with you. I think the how is going to be a little bit more interesting than the result, at least to me. Curious to see, you know, what what the offensive game plan is, who steps up in the pass rush. Uh, And also, I think Indiana is is a little bit of a Penn State light, you know, very pass heavy, tough quarterback, put under pressure a lot, but also pretty good passing game. I think think Penn State's defense is incomparably better than Indiana's. But but at the same time, I I think this will be an interesting way to look at Michigan's defense and how it how it might fare in the coming weeks I'm gonna go with Michigan 45 Indiana uh, depending on their health you know they've got a couple receivers I'm gonna go with Indiana 20 Michigan 45 Indiana 20 so a slightly more common score but I'll certainly brag about it if it happens be sure to read all of our preview content over at the michiganinsider.com, michigan.247sports.com. For Steve Lorenz, I'm Zach Shaw. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast. We'll see you after the game.